Welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the 2024 State of the Park District with our theme of growing into the future. For this segment titled Milestones to Grow On, I'm happy to welcome Director of Golf Kevin Carlson and Nature Center Manager Angelique Harshman. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. The Naperville Park District is very fortunate to have some unique and beautiful facilities complemented with some rich history and traditions. And, you know, we like to celebrate with our residents whenever we get a chance. We always have a lot of ribbon cuttings and and fun things going on throughout the years, especially when we um, introduce something new or achieve a milestone. And in 2024, two of our facilities will reach important milestones. Springbrook Golf Course is going to turn 50 and Knocknell's Nature Center is going to turn 10 which is incredibly hard to believe. Time goes by so fast. Um, and both of those facilities attract really large audiences, and they're very different audiences, but um, and pretty much throughout the year, I mean, both of your facilities are, are seeing people come in and enjoy the amenities yep. that you have. So, Kevin, I'd like to start with you and Springbrook Golf Course. This is one of two golf courses of the Naperville Park District. It opened in May of 1974, and it has some unique history. Can you tell us a little bit about the background of Springbrook and how it came to be? Sure, Sam. Um, yeah, Springbrook has kind of uh, been part of the Naperville Park District since the beginning of the Park District. Right. Um, back in the late 60s, uh, when most of the area south of 75th Street was all farmland, Naperville, the population was in the teens. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a 162-acre property that was owned by the Fraley Farm family for generations, the Park District found an opportunity to purchase that land. Um, They were able to receive a grant from the Department of um, Housing and Urban Development, matched by some funds from the district, and they purchased the site in 68. Um, They first used the site, which they called the Fraley Outdoor Recreation Area, for garden Hmm. plots. But then in the early 70s, after completing their second district master plan, it was decided the property would be developed into Naperville's first public golf course. And the construction of that golf course was financed through bonds. Mm-hmm. Construction began in 1972. Uh, the course was designed by Roger Packard and was built by Wadsworth Golf Construction, who are both local architects and construction companies. And the opening day for the course was in May of 1974. Um, and the popularity, popularity of the golf course was evident immediately. And the revenue from that golf course uh, helped pay off the bonds within the first four seasons of its opening. Oh, wow. So, That's incredible. Yeah, and the popularity has continued through the past 50 years. Uh, we've been averaging more than 35,000 rounds a- annually and seen several years where we're above 40,000. So we're really proud of um, you know being able to, to provide that golf course and that operation for our public and our residents. And looking forward to continuing that for many years to come. And it's a beautiful golf course. I don't really golf. I've tried. But even going and sitting on the patio and just watching others play golf, and it's so peaceful and just such a lovely setting. It is. Um, you know, the course has obviously matured over the past 50 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trees that were planted back then are now, you know, several 70, 80 feet high. They're and, huge. <laughs> and between the trees that line the fairways and the water and the creek that once runs through there, and then you get a you know a number of different uh, wildlife coming through there, it really is an enjoy not just to play golf but just to be out there. That's yeah, a park, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
One of the challenges, Kevin, of remaining relevant over several decades over, over several decades, is staying ahead of advancements and ensuring that you're providing new generations of golfers with a high-quality experience. Absolutely. So how has Springbrook stayed relevant over the years? Well, you know, you look at any business uh, to be successful, you want to make sure you're not being stagnant. you got to right. look to improve at all times, and that's what we've been trying to do. Um, the district is always looking for feedback from our patrons, our residents, to make sure we're providing the best product, you know, product for the people that want to come out and play golf at our facilities. Um, using some of that feedback over the years, um, we've made several changes and improvements to the golf course. We built new clubhouses back in the 80s. Um, there was changes to the course and clubhouses in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. We expanded our practice areas uh, back in 2016, which have been a, a great success. And, of course, the major renovation we did in 2022. So we continue to look uh, for ways to remain relevant and continue to try to grow the game of golf, which is, you know, one of our core, uh, you know, plans is to make sure we're continuing to grow the game, not just for us, but for the industry as a whole. And our professional staff, um, they take a lot of pride in the programs they provide Mm -hmm. for new and established golfers looking to improve their game. And a large part of those golf programs are geared towards youth. I mean, those are the people that we want to promote the game to right. to help, uh, you know, expand the game and also make sure we have a, a core base of customers that are going to be here for generations going forward. And we also, have, you know, to drive home that, you know, to our youth golfers, we've added events such as our Junior Golf of Palooza, which, right. you know, provides a, a, a way to introduce golf to dozens of new golfers every year. Mm-hmm. Well, and you talk about remaining relevant and all the improvements that you've made. And I think a great testament to that is the growth that you've seen in golf across both of your courses. I mean, you have a lot of people who have golfed at the courses for for decades, but you're continually seeing new faces. And a lot of those have been youth golfers. Absolutely. And that's uh, what we take a lot of pride in. We're seeing a lot of new faces each year, Mm -hmm. you know, especially post-pandemic. Right. And it's been, you know, wonderful to be able to open those doors for a lot of new people and give them an opportunity to enjoy the game of golf. Mm-hmm. Angelique, Knocknoll's Nature Center opened in October of 2014 during some rainy weather. And I remember it like it was yesterday. It's so strange. We still had an amazing turnout, though, for that ribbon-cutting celebration and grand opening event. Mm-hmm. The facility itself is located within Knocknoll's Park, mm-hmm. which has some pretty fantastic history of its own. Can you provide some highlights on what makes that place so historic? Sure. So, you know, before there were roads, um, the rivers served as basically highways, mm-hmm. you know, for transport, transportation of, you know, goods and finding food and things like that. So on our property, the two uh, branches of the DuPage River meet, the East Branch and the West Branch. And, um, you know, so there's rich cultural history there, that right. location, starting starting with indigenous peoples and the early settlers. Um, European settlement started in the 1830s. A um, hundred years later or so, the Nock family owned the property, mm-hmm. and they donated a portion, and then that was in the 1980s, and then we were able to purchase the rest of the park. So, and all of this, um, you know, information is on interpretive signage throughout right. the park and in the nature center, so people can learn about that very interesting history. And of course, there's natural history there, too. There's a number of different ecosystems and a wide variety of plants 
and animals that lived there, going all the way back even to the Ice Age. Wow. Um, yeah, and so more recently, we acquired an additional 39 acres um, that was a That's donation right. and a conservation easement. So, I mean, this has been a popular park for a number of years and, and still going strong. I think lots of people come to bike and hike, walk their dog. Play disc golf. Play disc golf, <laughs> yes. You know, this is one golf. of my favorite Center. parks. Right, there you go. <laughs> Play at the playground if you're a little guy, you know, so yeah. That's really fun. And it's such a, a wonderful and, and dynamic place. And I'm sure a lot of people who come to enjoy the amenities there don't even know about the history, but that adds just kind of another layer of interest for me. Exactly. Yeah. If people want to learn about it, it's there and we'd be happy to share as well. Definitely. What are some of the key highlights of the Nature Center itself, as well as some of the programs that visitors can enjoy? So we tend to highlight things that are happening seasonally. Mm -hmm. And so that starts with maybe like um, in the spring, the explosion of all the beautiful wildflowers that are throughout the park, all the way through winter when great horned owls are calling like in November. Um, And so we offer programs starting all the way down to 18 months, all the way up through adults. And so those are things like our nature playtime, hikes with a naturalist, um, fishing programs, scout badge programs, school field trips, summer camps camps and more. So lots of uh, opportunities to learn about For nature. everyone to enjoy. Yes. Yeah, of all ages, definitely. Mm-hmm. Kevin, shifting back to golf, you've been with the district for many years, specifically within the golf operations. Mm-hmm. So you've seen a lot evolve over time. What has been the biggest change you've seen at Springbrook during your tenure and even with the golf industry as a whole? Well, you're looking at Springbrook. Obviously, I think the, the biggest change has to be the renovation that was completed back in 2022. Um, it was quite a process to get that actual renovation started. Um, we went through a number of years where we were seeking input from our golfers, our residents through focus groups, groups, surveys, and, you know, tried to find out what they deemed important to update on the golf course or change to improve the golf course. Um, we also looked outside the district. We seeked, uh, assistance with industry experts and, professionals such as the National Golf Foundation and golf architects. And we put together a golf master improvement plan that basically provided the guidance um, to the improvements we completed. Um, The project was a huge undertaking, uh, but the work that was put in to make sure that we were on the right uh, track uh, really made the process a complete success. Looking at industry-wide, the changes in the demographics of the game, I guess, would be the, the, what stands out most to me. Uh, we look back to the 90s and early 2000s. Golf was dominated by the baby boomers and also mainly men. Uh, the Tiger Woods era kind of changed that a little bit, opened up the door to some new players, some youth, uh, minorities. But unfortunately, uh, the economic downturn we saw in 2008 and the changes in people's time, um, kind of limited the ability for people to continue to play golf, and we saw some of those gains disappear. However, uh, post-pandemic, uh, some of those changes came back. We've seen golf open up to several groups that previously didn't uh, play, and we've seen women, millennials, minorities, a lot of those groups come back into golf, and you know a lot of new golfers from those groups. And so it's great from the future of the game of golf that we do have that kind of expansion mm-hmm. of players, and we're looking forward to seeing that continue going forward. Well, you've seen a lot of ebb and flow over the last, I'll call it even 15 to 20 years. Absolutely. And 
the silver lining of the the pandemic for golf is that that was really one of the only things that people could do or one of the few things that people could do. And you've seen this boom since then, which is incredible. And I'm sure you're hoping for more of that to continue in 2024. Yeah, we've... uh... We've enjoyed uh, the last few years, at least from a, a standpoint of seeing this incredible influx of new golfers. Right. And the nice thing about it is uh, even after you know a few years post-pandemic, we haven't seen that drop off at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the new players that we've gotten into the game are staying in the game. So that really bodes well for uh, you know golf in general and our courses going into the future. Definitely. It'll be fun to see what happens. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to it. Angelique, for the Nature Center, how have the wants and needs of visitors to your location changed since the facility opened, and how do you respond to those aspects? So uh, definitely regarding um, programming, we're expanding, you know, to meet mm-hmm. the needs of the community. Um, in addition to free uh, fee-based programs, we also offer, a lot, offer quite a few free family programs right. throughout the year. And um, in 2018, we added this, the program I mentioned before, Nature Playtimes, that goes down to 18 months old children. And during the pandemic, of course, the parks all through the park district were, um, you know, well traversed and hiked and biked. And um, but we also started offering um, take-home kits for families that right. wanted to do kind of socially distant nature activities mm-hmm. with their family. And um, adult programming has included to include landscaping um, workshops as well as some wellness walks. So, and we're incorporating technology. So we started to offer um, mobile tours, which you do right on your smartphone. And so you can take this tour anytime the uh, park is open. So mm-hmm. the, you can do something related to nature and learn about nature, even if the nature center is closed. That's very cool. And you talked about the take-home kits. That's something that you're still offering even today. It is. So I'm not offering them every month like we used to during the pandemic, but every season there'll be a new kit. And there are still people that are very interested in uh, obtaining those kits and and participating in those games and activities with their kids. I like that. So shifting a little bit to talk about the, the fun stuff that's planned for this year with regard to golf. Kevin, what are you and your staff's plans for celebrating the 50th anniversary? Well, we're looking forward to this. Uh, this will be our obviously our 50th anniversary. Um, the course was opened in May of 1974, so we're going to kind of coincide the celebration to the actual opening. Okay. Um, we're planning events and specials that patrons can enjoy over a period of time. So we're not just having a single ceremony or anything like mm-hmm. that that only a few people can enjoy. We want to make sure that uh, all our patrons, our residents, can enjoy these uh, you know, celebrations because they're the ones that uh, the reason why we're celebrating right. this anniversary. So we'll not just celebrate the occasion on one day. We'll have uh, celebrations throughout the week, specials, and a bunch of different things that everybody can come out and enjoy, whether they are out on the golf course on a Monday or a Saturday or a Sunday. So some of these things are still in progress, what we're trying to work in, but we're, we know we're going to have a couple of different things that everybody can enjoy for celebrating this you know, 50-year anniversary. That's significant. Mm-hmm. Angelique, similar question for you. How are you going to celebrate the Knock Knowles Nature Center anniversary? Sure. So we're also going to have a special day close to the opening. It'll be Saturday um, in sep- late September. Okay. So on that day, you know, we're going to have um, showcase some of our new exhibits that we're getting on site, and we'll have children's games and free giveaways, um, you know, opportunities to view and touch live animals. There'll be experts there people can chat with. Um, I'm going to create a no- new mobile tour as well. Um, we're going 
going to have some participation from our partners like the Naperville Public Library and the Conservation Foundation and the City of Naperville's Sustainability um, Department. So that's exciting. But we're also going to kind of highlight some of the moments, uh, momentous events that happened, you know, leading up to this 10-year anniversary. And we'll do that, um, you know, kind of monthly as we go forward. Oh, very cool. Yes. Nice. Kevin, with regard to the golf industry, I know you touched a little bit about this, kind of Mm -hmm. what we've seen previously. What are you expecting for the future? And I know what you're hoping for, at least here locally, but what are you you expecting from the industry? Well, we're looking at what we see as a positive future for both Springbrook and the golf industry. Mm -hmm. Um, From a macro view, the golf has seen significant changes the past few years. You know, we kind of talked about a little bit of post-pandemic, what happened with golf, but you know, that introduced the game to several new demographics, including uh, women, millennials, Gen Z, who were always kind of difficult for us to reach. Uh, we right. couldn't get a, a whole bunch of those players involved in the game. But the addition of these new players, along with the return of frequent players, um, has provided golf with our highest total of annual round, annual round since the early 2000s. So it's been phenomenal. We're seeing right now technology playing a big part of the game too Mm -hmm. um we see a lot of people enjoying the game now through newer uses of technologies and year-round options such as top golf right and golf simulators Mm -hmm. and those options kind of give opportunity for anyone to play golf anytime year-round or you know get a chance to go out in the evening as a social event with friends and family and the golfers that now are being introduced to the game through those avenues a large majority of them eventually work their way out onto the golf courses, helping to expand our clientele. So that's been great. And we're using that technology also as, you know, we take some of that technology that you see at golf simulators and Top Golf, the digital swing analyzers and launch monitors. We use those to teach uh, golf to our, our people who come in for our programs. Mm-hmm. And it also allows our, te- our professionals to teach year-round. So those are all benefits that we're, you know, kind of taking it and helping to advance the game for both us and the industry as a whole. And we'll continue to see that grow, which would be a great thing. Absolutely. There's, there's you know, it seems like every year there's something new coming down the line right. that really helps people, more people enjoy the game. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Angelique, society's interest in environmentalism is continuing to grow, obviously. Mm-hmm. How do you anticipate that the Nature Center will continue to evolve over time say during the next 10 years based on that interest? Sure, so I'm, I'm sure that the park district's parks and uh, the Nature Center will continue to be vital places for people to visit and um, residents and the surrounding community and just to get away from that hustle and bustle of everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, our programming is certainly gonna continue to grow and hopefully reach newer and wider audiences and help people kind of appreciate and understand our, our connection to the natural world and be kind of environmentally responsible adults and citizens. Um, so and it will probably be kind of guided by the current environmental issues that we're right. facing. So um, and the steps that we can take to mitigate those impacts. So of course, right now, we're, we're very f- um, focused on our limited supply of fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the next big environmental issue will be water. 
And um, so we are a water planet, but 97% of that water is salt water, so we can't use that. Of that 3% that's left over, most of it's tied up in glaciers and polar ice claps in the atmosphere and in the soil. Um, and here in Illinois, we really don't perceive us having a problem with water because there's so much rain. Most of right. us get our water from Lake Michigan, this giant lake that's there. Um, but other states rely on aquifers. Um, these are underground reservoirs of water or rivers, and some of them aren't being refilled at the rates that they need to be. And some rivers are completely drying up by the time they, you know, cross the United States and get down to the Gulf of Mexico. So that's not good. So really. We have to think about all of the waterways as being interconnected. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that 3% of, of uh, water I mentioned before, it's all we'll ever have on, on Earth. It just keeps getting recycled over and over again. So I think a future focus will be on conserving water. And I think we're uniquely poised to address that because we have so many water features in right. the park. Right, very true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, I know in uh, our industry, uh, water is, you know, very important to the overall state of the game and mm -hmm. expanding the golf courses, making sure the golf courses are irrigated. And looking forward, uh, we've seen changes come through our industry, some new best management practices, you know, changes in the irrigation systems, updates in how sprinklers are used to kind of make sure we're on the forefront of uh, managing our water because we know in the future that, like Angelique said, it's going to be a really important part of what we're going to be doing going forward. Definitely. Yeah. So I have to ask one final question. Do either of you have a, a favorite memory about your respective facilities? I do. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's just one of my favorite memories. So when we first opened, um, a gentleman walked into the nature center and, uh, you know, kind of looked around a little bit and then he turned the corner of the front desk and his face lit up and he was, um, looking at one of our displays. It was on beavers and there was a beaver pelt there. And he shared with us that this, you know, seeing this exhibit took him back to his childhood. When on site, there used to be one of the barns owned by the Knox and run by Frank Molitor. Mm -hmm. And he would, as a child, come into that barn and see pelts hanging and drying there. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's really oh, that's kind cool. of how we like to reach our audience. We sure. strive to, you know... Um, help them make those connections. And a lot of people already have experiences, you know, mm -hmm. with nature. And so if they're positive, great, we can, you know, we can kind of go from there um, and build upon that. If they're negative ones, we hope to kind of dispel, you know, help them sure. with some of those maybe negative experiences that, that, that we have. But that's what it's all about is the memories people have of uh, their experience out, outside, outdoors. That's very cool. Kevin, no pressure. Do you have anything? <laughs> well, um, I mean, it's been 25 years, uh, the time I've been with uh, the golf courses here at the Naperville Park District, and there's been a number of different events that really stick out in, in my mind, but the one that kind of sticks out the most occurred during you know a difficult time, the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, in the early stages of the pandemic, most businesses and recreational opportunities were closed, but golf was able to reopen. And the reaction and feedback uh, from all sorts of people being able to get back on the golf course, spend some time with friends and family was something that was unforgettable. Mm -hmm. um, it, we took a lot of pride in being able to provide an early outlet for people during that time to return to some sort of normalcy. But uh, what I heard from people who had missed playing golf, 
seeing it was, you know, great to be back out on, on the golf courses and the smile so that we saw on their faces and the, the feedback we got from those people getting back out was truly unforgettable. You really fulfilled the need at a time when people needed that most. And that was, that was amazing. Yeah, we took a lot of, uh, we were very proud of what, how that was able, we were able to do that for people at that point. Well, Kevin, Angelique, thank you for joining me for this episode. It's been a very fun conversation, and I look forward to celebrating with you and you know all our staff these wonderful milestones this, later this year. Thanks, Thanks again. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you for listening. The Naperville Park District's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives, healthy minds, and a healthy community. Park Talk Podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District. 